Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Annika Rosendahl. Annika, you are the founder of Annika's Lol, uh, L-O-L. And uh, your website, by the way, is Annika. It's Annika's L-O-L.com. So A-N-N-I-K-A-S-L-O-L.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. And so for those of us here in the United States, you're from across the pond and you're in a country uh, very uh, near to uh, my ancestry uh, of Finland. You're in Sweden. Yes, I am. I am. And and as you and I know that we have an interesting past, Finland, Sweden. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we could be good friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the water under the bridge now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. So, Annika, um, tell us about your superpowers, what the, the work that you do. And I know that you've helped a lot of people um, in terms of uh, a lot of leadership development, um, primarily yes. uh, with women. Primarily with women. I really, really like working with women. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so actually primarily with mums. So, so I focus on uh, w- women who have children and have this super interesting combination of, I want to be a great mom and I want to do a great job. I want to be a great leader at work. And so many find it hard to combine the two without losing themselves in the middle. So that's what I prefer working with because we don't have to have it that way. So that's my, yeah. my preference. And, and, and so your background, um, so you, you were working corporate jobs. Uh, and, and can you kind of explain a, a little bit about your background and how that prepared you for the great work that you do today? Yeah, I can. I, actually, I wasn't intending to work in leadership. I wanted to be, I'm an engineer, so I, so I, and I enjoyed programming. It's just that when my team would have different tasks, I would come up with ideas. Oh, can we do it this way? Can we do it that way? Until they said, Annika, if you have that many ideas, why don't you just become the team leader? And after that, I almost never went back to anything else. So it wasn't something I had planned. But leadership, once I started with it, and especially project management, it fitted like mm. a glove. So I know, okay, this is, this is it for me. And of course, a lot of project management is about making the most of the time that you have. You have a team and you have a certain deadline and you want to make all of that happen. And then I've been able to also apply it in my own life. And I think it's that combination that has become the the superpower that I now call time finder, that it is possible to find time also for the things that are not necessarily on your normal to-do list, but that matter so much to you. So the things that matter in your life. So I say that there is enough time in all of our lives for what really matters to us. And I can help people find that. Okay. Annika, you got to help me because I feel like, you know, again, I, I, I pretty much every day, you know, it's kind of a 10 to 8 kind of work schedule. And, you know, by the time 8 o'clock comes along, I, I'm pretty spent. Uh, I feel yeah. like I've done really great stuff. But um, it is, it's it's very overwhelming to try to get everything done. and And I feel like, you know, my worry is that there are just 
hundreds and hundreds of items that are kind of going through my brain that I'm yeah. considering. Now, again, I've got really good people and great leaders, and so that helps yeah. a lot. But it's 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 hard when your name's on the side of the building because you know that that's your own reputation. So I think I'd yes. say my biggest worry is, you know, I, I just never want to disappoint uh, folks. True. And, and I think that's what's so interesting for everyone listening to this podcast, which is primarily entrepreneurs and business owners, that it is your name on the building. It's your baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I know several of the women I work with uh, also now in the crisis, the, the Corona crisis and whatever they tell me that, okay, my first and foremost, I need to take care of my clients. I need to take care of my staff. And then often they take care of themselves last. And it's okay for a short period of time. And we can all do that. And I think it's very comforting to remember that we are enormously powerful. We can deal with anything for a short period of time. The problem is that a lot of us continue doing it all the time and it goes on years. And then suddenly you you are there and you might be burnt out, overworked, or it's working out, but you're just on autopilot and you wonder where did all the joy go? So I'm not saying that it's that you shouldn't work uh, and that it's not good to put in all of your heart or, or that it's time for you to relax. It's just that we need to find the balance to make it sustainable and to make it fun because I believe in fun. The more fun it is, the better leader you will definitely be and the more you can get done and put into the world. Well, I'm a huge fan of action steps, Annika. So what would be yeah. some ways that we could put those theories into practice? Yeah, the first, and it sounds so simple sometimes. I love it when I come with simple solutions, but sometimes people think it's too simple to work. Uh, but the big thing <laughs> that anyone can do, and I'd like everyone who listens to this podcast to do from now on, when you find yourself thinking or saying, I don't have time, then you switch that in your head and go, how do I want to use the time? Because time we have is just that we want to put in more than fits into it. And if we continuously choose how we use the time rather than feeling like victims that we don't have enough, it's making a difference. I have one of my clients um, and then we had a sort of a coaching series. And after three weeks of doing this, she told me, Annika, I'm not just different about time. I have also changed the rest of my life. I'm no longer a victim. So yes, it sounds like a simplistic solution, but when you give your brain questions rather than statements, it changes the game very much because then your brain will find solutions. What your brain does otherwise is to prove you right. So if you say, I don't have time, then your brain will show you in so Mm. many ways that you don't. (laughs) But when you ask it, how do I want to use my time? Then it comes up with lots of solutions. So that is one action step that can change so much for anyone who uses it. And how do you help uh, parents in particular who, and especially moms, it's just well known, you know, that mom guilt, uh, you know, that I'm not there for my kids. I'm not, you know, I'm being selfish if I am not spending more time with them. And, you know, as, as dads as well, I, I, you know, I've dealt with that. You know, I start hearing cats in the cradle, you know, in the background and I'm like, Oh, what is, you know, I, I just don't want to be the type that always put work and business first. And, and I think that I've got a pretty good, pretty good balance. Um, Because, you know, when I say I work, you know, 10 to 8, you know, I'm taking breaks here and there throughout the day and kind of reconnecting with, you know, my kids, my boys. They're older now, so, you know, I don't have to be as hands-on. 
But that's what drew me to being a business owner to begin with is having, being able to have a little bit more flexibility with my schedule, but still, you know, when you work from home, you're always at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. A lot of the things that you say, and, and it's the same for me, even though I, I'm not sure I connected it with, with parenthood, but life in general, just like you said, um, my husband and I, we have these quarterly follow-ups of our visions and our goals. And we were sitting in the garden and looking at one of them where it says masters of our time. And we realized, yeah, we're pretty close. That was when we were both in corporate jobs, his and mine, we get good salaries. We get say great companies that give us a, a decent amount of uh, vacation days. We can work flex hours. We can work from home at times, but it's not all the way. It's closed, but no mm. cigar kind of thing. So we realize we're not going to get there if we are employed. So just like you, that was like, no, you know what? We're going to start our own companies. And I, a lot of the women I work with are having their own companies. I also work with leaders in corporate where I have so much experience that is so great to be able to share but also the business owners is really interesting to work with and how do you deal with the mom guilt first of all i'd like to eradicate guilt because it's not leading anywhere somewhere somehow we've been taught to believe that it's responsible to be to be guilty or that we are good persons if we Mm. feel guilty and if we don't then it's as if we don't care but it's only dragging us down And I specifically remember when I was pregnant, first child, and yes, I had been working incredibly much until then. And I met this woman by the elevators at work who would tell me like, "Hmm, okay, soon, welcome to the world of a continuously bad conscience. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want that. And I don't want that for any of my clients because there's no, there's no point. So to kind of too many settle for that, settle for I'm continuously going to feel bad. And I think that uh, some think that the solution is, okay, I'm going to be a full-time mom or I'm going to be a full-time carrier and I have to choose between the two. But actually, it's much better to make choices within and to always remember your own priority. And, and yes, I remember that I'm going to be a great colleague and I'm going to be a great mom. And the times I can't be both, it's not going to be the kids who suffer. And once that's kind of clear, then you can deal with things as they come along, unless you have this idea that that it's not possible. And this is where I talk to a lot of um, moms from different, I work with all over Europe, uh, since I do this online, and Mm -hmm. we will have somewhat different cultural backgrounds, but still a lot of it is that we have this big baggage. This is what it means to be a mom, (laughs) or this is what it means to be at work. And then, okay, but is it really? What parts of this backpack do you want to keep? Because we're keeping a lot more in there than we are even aware of. So it's kind of looking more deeply into the choices that you are making. Are some of them, and a whole bunch of them are, default? Can you change them? Can, and what can you delegate? What can you automate? What can you remove? And definitely what can you put in? A lot of women I work with have taken away uh, what they call me time not realizing what that sure. does, not only to them. And what I, and many women, I, I need to go one more step. So what is this doing to your kids? What are they seeing? <laughs> you, are they a role model? Are you showing them that they can't take time for themselves? And that's when it's usually his. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Because kids don't do what we say, right? They do what we do. So we want to show them how to feel good in our lives uh, and not just, I'm working so hard for you kids because that's going to give guilt for them. (laughs) We don't want that either. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, I think of the analogy of, you know, when you're on the airplane and, you know, you have to take care of your own oxygen mask before you assist somebody else, because if you're 
fumbling and you know it's you got to be there for somebody else you know similarly you know another thing is you know you got to you got to keep your glass filled otherwise I know uh you know last week I had a a really really stressful incident Mm -hmm. and it really affected my performance for the Mm. entire week. And so, you know, I think a couple things is, you know, some things we can't control, you know, it's just, they're just going to pop up in our life and it's trauma or whatever it is. Um, But I think we need to know our own capacity as much as we like to think of ourselves as, you know, invincible superheroes, we're not. And so we, we have to take time for self-care. And so, Annika, what, what would be some great, I mean, I, I think maybe everybody's a little bit different, but I don't know if you could talk a little bit about that topic. I, I can. And, and I think that self-care is a great word. Sometimes it's been equated with going to a spa or getting your nails done <laughs> or, or something similar. And that's when like, I don't have time for that. But um, what I tell people, I talk about a glass of time, <laughs> that we all have a glass of time every week with 168 hours in it. And what needs to go in first is the needs time, taking care of your sleep and the eat and the move. And this is so yeah. super basic. Um, and I draw that from a very interesting talk I had with a person <laughs> was a psychologist who had been treating a teenager with depression. And she was going to school. She was super ambitious, doing a lot of great things. And then suddenly like, she couldn't do anything. And she wouldn't get out of the house. She wouldn't eat. She had no appetite. She couldn't sleep, even though she was tired. And the, the psychologist would say that, you know, there's only, there are only three things you need to do. And that's you need to sleep, you need to eat, you need to move, and everything else is bonus. And the thing is, when we think we don't have time, um, we, we sleep a little less. I'll work a bit longer. I'll get up a bit earlier. Or we think about things so it's, the sleep isn't good. Skip the lunch. Or we just eat a, a sandwich without even thinking about it. And definitely training goes out the door. So a lot of people take away those things that really make a difference. And it's not only to take care of ourselves in the long run, which is super important. It's also, like you said, if we don't do that, our energy goes down. And then what I call waste time increases in the glass. So we think we save time, but we're just switching it to wasting it. And here I have a discussion with some of my super ambitious women. I'm not wasting a second. I'm like, I never watch TV. Yeah. I don't even have Netflix. I'm not, I'm, I don't have Facebook on my phone. And I say, that's, that's one way of wasting time. But another way is that you keep on doing the same things. And that's all you do. So, and a lot of us are pretty good at that. You get efficient mm-hmm. at work and you do things. But you don't stop and like, hey, how can I innovate that new idea in my business? How can I lift the business and make it different for the next customer? And that's really hard if you worn yourself out so that your brain only does what it already did. So that's another kind of waste. And I think it's even more important for business owners to keep that edge. (laughs) If we only work on efficiency and skip innovation, skip creativity, skip well-being, our companies will not last either that long. For those uh, who have the ability to delegate, but maybe they're not, right? Because yes. I, I think that I, I see a lot of business owners fall into this trap that, well, nobody can do it as well as I can. Oh, yeah. So therefore, I, I can't assign this to anybody else. Otherwise, the work is going to suffer. Uh, talk about that trap just a bit. It's so, it's so common. It's so common. And this is, it's, it's, part of it is like, I want it done exactly this way. And if it's not this way, it's not good enough. But then you 
fail to see that you're limiting your business to the amount of time and energy you have and that your business can go much better if you can delegate it. So it might not be done exactly the way you want to do it, but that task can be done by someone else good enough and you can move on to something else. So it is necessary to to scale your business. The other thing, I recently gave a webinar to my Time Finder Academy about the Eisenhower principle with a somewhat different twist. So this is the important urgent principle that so many have heard of. And then if you look at this quadrant or these matrix, one is this is not so important, but it's urgent. Typically, the, the advice is delegate. But once you're there, and it's re- if it's hectic, and you're already in firefighting, then delegating might seem like, to whom? And I have to teach them first, and I have to check that they do it well, and I have to make sure they have the right information. So you can't delegate just like that, because delegation is a bit of a skill, and that, I think, is underestimated. So talking about the Eisenhower matrix, delegation requires preparation, and that you need to do in the important but not yet urgent part. So in delegation requires preparation, and that's another reason people fall into the trap. So one is no one can do it as well as I can, which means <laughs> you are definitely never going to scale your business. And the other one is like, oops, I'm not prepared. I can just as well do it myself. It'll be faster. So yes, you need to prepare for it. Yeah. Um, so talk about, Annika, your business and like how you operate as a consultant, a coach. Um, I know you do some speaking, um, mm-hmm. but but tell me more about how you've structured your business. And I know you've yeah. done very well, so congratulations. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. It's, um, it took me a while to see the difference. I already knew I had two parts of it that, that I saw it. I saw it as one, as I called the storyteller, where it all started uh, me writing books. The other one was, is the time finder, which was all the questions people asked me, Annika, how do you find the time? And when I left my wonderful corporate career to get something more and new and more, say, decision-making of my own time, that's what I thought I would be doing. And I think a lot of people listening to this might recognize that you start off thinking your company is going to be something, and then things evolve. Because, of course, my experience with leadership for 20-plus years, that kind of came back. And I was already part of a network of um, project management office managers uh, in a lot of big companies in in the west of Sweden. I told them, I'm leaving my company. This is your new representative. I'm going to do something else. And they said, that's great, Annika. We like you, the new representative. We'd like to keep (laughs) you. So, But I'm not even going to work with that. But then a lot of the work came in via say, old networks and references. And I realized, ah, this is the third part of my business. (laughs) I'm going to continue working with leadership, helping people work with leaderships. So as I said, several of those listening probably noticed, okay, I thought I would work with this and I work with that. And that's when I started realizing I have three business areas. And having worked in corporate and in big companies, yes, you get used to having different areas. So I started treating them differently. I don't know how many of your listeners do, but they are kind of different and different clients. So I have the storyteller area. That's one typical client. I have one marketing firm working with that part. Then I have my time finder and that's another type of client. I have another marketing agency working with that. I have a team member working with me there to, to like we discussed, delegate. And then I have the business to business area, which is 
hmm, so far still using the old network. And, and that's a complete yet another type of client. So I think it's really clear, good to clarify what am I doing? What are the different business areas? What are the different customers? And to maybe have different partners and different ways of dealing with them. Of course, it's not good to kind of diversify too much, but I noticed that these three, they're so close to me, so, so it works. So that's part of how I've done it. And as, as I mentioned, I have partners, I have team members um, to grow. So that's the way I do it. I also structure the week since I'm a time finder. <laughs> structure the week differently that, okay, these days I meet clients. These days I work on new products or new books or new lectures. And this is the day which is unplanned. A lot of my clients love it when I say have one unplanned day <laughs> that can be the buffer day, can be things that took longer than you thought or something else came in between. Can also be that, you know what, today I feel like this. And that can be a perfect day for this innovation stuff, I said, when I haven't planned. Or it's just today I'm going to be with family the whole day. But yes, yeah. I have structured the business in different areas and I structure my week similar in a similar way. You know, one thing I wanted to share with you too, or I wanted to ask your opinion on is uh, is failing. Uh, and, you know, Finland has become well known for having their national day of failure. And I wonder if that's kind of uh, seeped over as well, or maybe just your perspective on trying things that don't work out. Um, but I know, I think a lot of us type A overachiever, business owners, business professionals, we fear failure, right? And we're like, oh, you know, it would be so terrible if, I, if my team saw me fail or we did something and it, and it didn't work out and we'd lose morale or I would disappoint people. Um, but, but maybe just a bit on, you know, trying experiments uh, and, and how that, that works into um, you know, our, our own growth and, and being able to, you know, kind of reclaim more of our, our lives. Yes, it's so true. And since I worked in software development in the corporate world, and mm. there it was where it became very popular over <laughs> what is part of fail fast, fix fast. Mm. And it was so easily said, but still all these structures and all these measurement systems it was still really, really hard to implement any um, levels higher than the development teams. Yes, fail fast, fix fast. I'm like, oh, wait, why, why aren't you delivering? So it sits deep within us, even when we hear that this is good. It's good to fail fast and fix fast. I also talk to my clients about it, about finding their ultimate or finding a great time planning system that take it a bit lighter, experiment with it if it doesn't work. It's not the end of the world. We'll change it. We'll do something different. So to me, this is similar to uh, something I heard and I loved it. They said that often we think that failure and success, that they are opposites. Mm. But then they said that actually it's like just going on average is the opposite to oh, success. Yeah, I like that. that yeah. I thought so, so to not try, that's the opposite to success. But failure mm. and success are really close. Because you do failure, fail like, oh, now I found it. So, so that one was a, that stuck in me. The failure and success are really, really close. And we come back to often, like you say, type A people, people who start companies, we have these expectations on ourselves, on what the business will mean. And maybe we deliver something and it wasn't really what we had expected or it wasn't what we had planned. But it might still be something super valuable for 
that client, even though it wasn't what you had expected, or it becomes valuable down the line, or you realize that, okay, that first failed attempt, I learned so much that I can use now. And all those things are easy to look in hindsight. And sometimes we kind of have to look at them in advance that regardless of what will happen, I will learn from it. So like someone said, either you win or you learn. (laughs) We don't have to see this win or lose. Always win or learn. Yeah. Well, Annika, um, for our our friend that's been listening in on our conversation uh, and they say, I like what Annika has to say, where would be a great place for them to kind of continue their path with you? Yeah, they will find me on that webpage you uh, noted, you've talked about, annikaslol.com. The LOL is actually for Swedish, läsare och lyssnare, but of course it's also for laughing out loud. As I mentioned, I like the fun part. So mm-hmm. there you can find the different kinds of offers. Either you go to the story, the time finder, or you go to the speaker trainer and you will find ways of booking calls with me. Um, and we'll, we can have a talk on how I can help your person, your business, whichever you need help with. Annika, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us again. Annika's L-O-L, that's A-N-N-I-K-A-S-L-O-L.com. You know, I've been uh, kind of taking the time personality test, uh, which, oh, you did? <laughs> nice. yeah, I'm taking it right now. So if you click on time finder, um, you'll see where you could take Annika's um, personality test and, yeah. and, uh, and I'm curious to see what the, re- yeah, exactly. I'm curious to see what the results are. So yeah, Annika Rosendahl, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, Josh, and I hope it's been useful for your listeners. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.